Welcome back to the Internet Computer Report. It's been five months since our last podcast. Stoked to be back. Uh, so, Evan, what have you been up to? Yeah, uh, yeah, happy to be back, guys. I'm very sorry uh, that we weren't here for so long. We've been active on Twitter and answering everybody's questions. But, um, yeah, I've, I've recently taken up a role at Mysterium, one of my favorite uh, crypto projects, and dabbling in a lot of, well, you know, a lot of early-stage startups, some on the IC, some outside. And yeah, happy to be back. How about you, Andrew? Yeah, <laughs> I've been good. Uh, I was actually out in Europe for a couple of months. I've uh, been working, consulting, and also doing a little travel for leisure as well. But uh, yeah, thrilled to be back in here. And yeah, uh, yeah. I've been keeping up with the ICP community. <laughs> Things have been uh, really, in the last couple of months, have been great. Seeing explosive growth, seeing some amazing uh, you know, NFT platforms popping up, uh, DeFi products. Uh, and it's kind of, it's a little bit consuming. I was like, you know, I was, you know, we were always from the get go following all the developments. As soon as the launch happened, it's been like so difficult to keep up with everything. Explosive growth. Yeah. Explosive <laughs> growth. Yeah. Yeah. So, but overall, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, now comes time to, to answer some of the hard questions, the most common questions we've been getting from the community. And, um, like the reason we've been gone aside from you being away and us being busy with other things, um, we've really just been waiting since the launch happened for transparency from the foundation about the token distribution and some of the circumstances around the launch. And it's been five months now and, and we still don't have uh, many of the answers. So we're just going to do like a, a, a review from the outside, a community perspective of, mm -hmm. of our thoughts on the launch and, and the summary of everything that happened there. And hopefully it will shed some light on, uh, you know, for the community and, and, and bring some insights into what everyone could do moving forward. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So just as a recap. Uh, you know, we, we did a couple of like episodes back early on, maybe like a year ago. Or so what we thought that the price was going to be, you know, launching at just general, you know, rule of thumb, stuff like that. It ended up launching at a way higher than expected price. So just to give some perspective, the most, the previous round, the pre-sale round was at around a $4 uh, valuation. And the token ended up launching at around seven, $800 on Coinbase. Um, obviously, that, you know, wasn't sustainable. We were expecting maybe like a 15 to $20 launch maybe would have been fair, something, you know, to keep up in terms of what the rest of the market was moving at. Uh, and since then it fell substantially, it caused a lot of negative sentiment in the community, uh, which was really unfortunate because of the fact that there is a lot of technical achievements here. Um, obviously it's evidence of what, you know, what's being built on the internet computer now. Um, but yeah, that's the latest. So what, yeah, are your, what yeah. are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, uh, well, the first, you know, unanswered questions that are that are still unanswered that are really bothering uh, me and, and a lot of the community is what was the reasoning for for the listing price? I think w when I traced it back on Coinbase, the listing price on like the 15 minute candles was above $800, so r pretty absurd pricing. And like with the three cent um, seed round and with the four dollar, you know, latest round going off the bat at that price was totally unexpected and yeah like we said we we were thinking like 15 to 20 dollars was our kind of expected launch and, and buy price and the other thing is no one that we know of was allowed to sell so everyone was locked when when things went out at this valuation so the so the two big questions are really like what was the decision to list on on coinbase at that valuation and the other question is who were the who were the sellers yeah. um, because we had a subsequent fall from 800, you know, down to you know just below 30, I think was the low, and we didn't know for the you know for the first couple of weeks who was selling because uh, no you know no one in the yeah, community, people, no one in the air drops, yeah, everyone yeah. was locked. Um, so very unfortunate. Um, we, we could talk a little bit about. We don't have the answers. Um, we could talk about what we think happened and what the community is left to assume 
and why we haven't gotten more answers. And then um, just we'll be giving general reflections on wh what this means for the larger internet computer ecosystem and, and the crypto space as a whole. And, and yeah, so I don't know, maybe... Um, I guess you want to jump yeah, in and yeah, talk we, about what, well, we what could, like we could, you? Yeah, we, we, could, we could just talk about what the distribution was in the first place. Mm -hmm. So the largest holders um, of ICP tokens were the seed investors. That was a round that took place in early 2017. They actually held 24% of uh, the tokens. I think there was something like five, 600 unique investors that participated in this seed round at that three cent valuation. Uh, they, out of nowhere, actually, because it was expected that you know, it was going to be unlocked and there was going to be a lot of sell pressure from people, you know, holding for three, four years. And that's actually what I was hoping for. I was hoping for these seed investors to be able just to sell their tokens, 10, 20, $30, whatever it is right off the bat, and then really disperse the network. And I think that would have been really good for governance purposes as well. Fortunately, they were also locked for a 48 month period. So their tokens are going to be distributed 148th per time uh, per month for the next 48 months. Now they're locked in neurons where they're going to be actually earning, you know, interest and, you know, um, and, you know, having like governance rights and everything in the protocol. So I was a little bit taken about by that because there's, there's obviously a lot of seed investors that maybe don't really want anything to do with the protocol yet. They're trapped in there. They have a lot of tokens that they're making governance, you know, decisions on, um, which I thought was negative. I would have much preferred just to see them all distributed, but again, they weren't even really allowed to, you know, the sell pressure, um, yeah, yeah, it was, so yeah, it, was uh, it was unfortunate. Yeah, the only the only other thing it could possibly lead to is maybe there was something with VCs. Uh, on the positive side, in regarding the foundation, there's very strict foundational rules in Switzerland where Definity Foundation is you know in, incorporated, where they are not allowed to touch tokens at all, and there are very serious rules there. So that that gives me some relief in that respect that it wasn't the foundation's uh, you know doing. Uh, there was some yeah, really we, good we, evidence. It's, from, it's, it's yeah. very provable that it, it wasn't the foundation itself as an entity. Um, so what we're left to assume, like, and one of the most bothersome parts of this is we know some of the distribution details, but not all of the distribution details are public. And since it was so many years ago that all the tokens were locked in more so legally with, with people that we don't know, um, we don't know where all the tokens came from. And, and there must have been some circumstance where people were legally allowed to be unlocked immediately after the token was minted mm -hmm. and that was re reserved for a select few people who we will never know or be able to prove who they who they were and um what i we're also left to assume and of course we could be wrong about this um and but, but i'm going to say it anyway because the the foundation didn't tell us so we're just you know we're throwing guesses here but um whoever it was that had immediate access to the, these unlocks was probably somewhat related to Coinbase, and and that is how there was a justification for listing so high. So it was just sell pressure from the first unlockers and and buy pressure from retail investors. Um, so really unfortunate to begin with, and you know it 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 it, it leaves a lot of unanswered questions about where we stand, and you know we're early crypto, so just seeing that, you know had a, had us very shook. Um, it was not the worst, but it was definitely one of the worst and, and most dishonest launches that I've seen. And there was hundreds of comments on, on some of our videos of people who just, you know, lost a lot of money off the bat and they, and they didn't know what the initial valuation should be. So yeah. I guess that was, now, that was the toughest part. I, you know, I, I hate to see people losing money, especially people who do believe in the tech and you have these incredible people that are working at the foundation and 
uh, you know, that was, uh, that was, that was, that was, that was the toughest part for me having to, you know, hear that from people. Yeah. 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 Now, I guess the reason that we're still here and the reason that we did come back, like we, t we took some time off, um, hoping that, you know, more answers that would be favorable to the rest of the community, which come to light. Um, although that didn't happen, you know, me, me and you were both on the fence. I was, I was more so on the fence about like whether I should support Definity or not. And I've been looking for Web3 solutions for a really long time. And, you know, my whole thing is I, I really don't like big tech and I understand the foundations of why they're sort of evil, especially most recently. And I'm very dedicated to supporting solutions that move against them. And as it turns out, it's, it's basically we're at a point where the technology of the internet computer is so foundational to what the Web3 that takes on big tech could be. And I've been approached by people who, who have these really societal forward project ideas um, that, from what I understand about the blockchain space, just don't have another solution that is as elegant as the internet computer. And I don't even think, um, at least I know for a fact right now, there are no ways to replicate big tech services and have them be scalable enough and efficient enough without the internet computer. Um, so that's why I was on the fence and it threw me in a pickle. It's like, here you have an answer to yeah. fixing big tech and having really amazing projects. <laughs> but at the same time, like <laughs> the one that's the best is also replicating a lot of the, uh, a lot of the structural problems that exist in big tech currently. Um, so where do you go? And the, and the answer isn't, isn't Cardano. It isn't Polkadot. It isn't Solana. They all have dirty past too. And it, it's, it seems like a, like an archetype in the crypto space that the bigger a project gets, uh, the more VC support it got. And like the further it moves away from the cypherpunk roots that we saw in, in 2017 and, and prior. Mm -hmm. Um, so where I am now is really like a, a Bitcoin and Ethereum maximalist uh, because that's, that's the last thing I have to, to support. And those things won't change because they were the earliest and they kept those roots very strong. Um, Ethe yeah, but that's where I stand now. Ethereum also had, uh, had its bit of shadiness too in the, yeah. in, the, in the early days. I know they actually ran out of all the money um, you know, from the foundation. I know there was a lot of infighting in the consensus and other... Um, you know, foundations of Ethereum. If it wasn't actually for the ERC20 token where they actually figure out a way to do these fundraises, you know, via tokens, you know, Ethereum wouldn't be, you know, where Ethereum is right now. Um, you know, actually the entire crypto space probably wouldn't be where it is right now. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how, you know, one thing's changed. So as bad as it was to launch, you know, you know, I hate to say, you know, it's, it has like, it's that crypto thing, you know, I guess greed overcomes, but with greed, technology you know, will always kind of stamp its point. So if the technology is good enough, if you're able to build applications that you otherwise would not be able to build on these other platforms, then I think over time, people do forget, right? You know, you know, the history is full of, you know, you know, bad things, corruption, other stuff. And, you know, people tend to move on. And, you know, wh what are you thinking so far over the last five months since this very unfortunate launch? How, what are your thoughts on how things have been progressing? Yeah, well, I, I think it's important what you said, like, people will forget. I think people already have forgotten. Yeah. One of the biggest, um, like, the, the bad things that I've see, I see is the Definity ecosystem has such a divided community now. There's people that, like, heard about the launch and, and just left and didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then there's, you know, these crowds of shills that absolutely love the internet computer, and yeah. they're all over the place, too. And then they're not on the same platforms. Uh, like, on Reddit, there's the official... Definity Reddit and the ones who talk about the, the launch get kicked off and they go to the informal one and then mm -hmm. you have two totally different, you know, 
ideological yeah. divisions. And we want to avoid that. Make. We, we wanted to, wanted, I, thought, like I the, thought that was the whole point. Yeah, <laughs> is to, to keep everybody, you know, despite what you're thinking, to all be on one uh, one area. Yeah, that was a little unfortunate that there was so much. There was sen- there was actually censorship on the Reddit, on the Finity Reddit. Yeah. People to, but, but at the same token, you know. People were like not moving forward. It was being spammed with constant negativity. Yeah, it's rough too. They it's they rough, uh, yeah. some like YouTube comments were, were like not allowed on some of the uh, Definity's YouTube videos. It's just like a little weird. And uh, what I hope is that we we can start to see like I, I don't know the consensus yet, but on the actual native uh, social medias to the internet computer, which are astoundingly impressive. You know, just their their speed and their scale, and you know, we already replicated Reddit and LinkedIn, and you know, some of these uh, like open chat and these major socials mm-hmm. already have the technical proof that they exist and they can host users for free and all this stuff. But um, I think we have yet to see what the communities on those sites are going to evolve to. Like, will it be the same echo chambers that we get on traditional social media, or are we going to try and battle test the governance mechanism and have everyone come on and and sort of Mm-hmm. You know, have people from all different ideological positions come on these platforms and, and be able to battle it out in a censorship-free way. And I don't think we've seen um, what these socials are going to come to. And well, you only see only Definity users on it. Yeah, right? yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. Like, I love Discover, DSCVR. I think it's, like, a really cool portal that they have built on the internet computer, like a some, like, a Reddit-style thing. But, again, it's all only Definity users. You have to set up an internet identity first. So you're only going to have people who are very hardcore bullish on these kind of things. So you're going to have like a bit of a slightly skewed, you know, viewpoint. Certainly. When you're on these things. Yeah. But I mean, overall, when you just go back to the technology and that's what makes it so hard to like speak poorly about the internet computers, that is just impressive. Yeah. Um, When you get answers from developers, it's like, I I can't even believe it's just as easy as deploying on, you know, like the old platforms I used on legacy IT, except I'm writing in smart contracts on a tamper proof permissionless blockchain. Um, So, yeah, it's like two sides of the coin. Yeah. Right? I have to say, the, the thing that actually keeps me most, like even most excited is just the quality of very high-end developers, not affiliated with the foundation, just these really high-end developers that has come and are just constantly building on the internet computer, um, just, you know, from all walks. I know Hazel, uh, Jordan Last, this guy, uh, Bob Bodily. Uh, there's like a few other, really, I'm, I'm forgetting a bunch of people, but really great, really great folks. They're building some really cool projects. We, we see... Actually, in the last five months, we've actually just achieved 10,000 smart contracts being launched on the internet computer in a five-month period. It's like tremendous, absolutely staggering growth. Uh, but these people really get me excited too, because you know, as long as the builders are there, you know, and the excitement is there. Yeah, building cool really stuff. cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, Max from Infinity Swap. Oh another, yeah, another yeah, really yeah. great guy building. Big time. Um, so yeah, some really cool stuff. One of the things that I think people, when we talk about the Definity launch, you know, that's what this podcast is about. I think the elephant in the room and what matters now like of course there's money questions and investor questions of people lost money and you know but moving forward the only thing that matters is the token distribution and its purposes in governance um so i want to jump to that yeah that's a, that's a, that's gonna be a t- <laughs> that would be that's a good topic to chat about yeah that was that was one of my biggest concerns is the whole governance system how's it going to work you know uh, now that is it really dispersed enough to have like a fair governance, you know, mechanism properly? I know you're a professional in governance. You wrote a whole book on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, I, what's your, what's I, well, your I was really it? obsessed, like in about governance, blockchain governance, since I got into blockchain. And it's like there's this thing called the blockchain paradox that I got really interested in. And in in my 
Well, the reason I found Affinity is because of Dominic Williams' post about the concept for the network nervous system, which is the, you know, the governance mechanism for all of the internet computers. It's just so fascinating. It's so elegant. And the most advanced blockchain governance we have today and might ever have. Um, and in my book, I wrote, like, this is even way before the launch. I'm like, this could either be the best thing or the worst thing. You know, it's better, is it better the devil you know, like a corporate hierarchy in big tech that makes all the decisions? Or can we really decentralize and maximize a community-owned governance for all the platforms that people use online? Um, really tough question. And I think the way that it was architected is arguably the most way that you could decentralize the structure of, like you compartmentalize the, the categories for each decision that we made. So only your expertise is on, on that category decision. So architecturally, maximally decentralized across like every level in, of analysis. But when it comes right down to it, it's your token stake that you know is your influence in the governance mechanism. And the only thing that I really care to take away from the launch moving forward is whether or not we could decentralize the token supply. Mm -hmm. um, and what are your thoughts on it so far? Are we able to get to this? Well, what are the what's you the, know what's a little the, what's bit the path about forward to get there. Well, it's hard to answer whether or not the token is decentralized now, and that's especially because we don't even know the full details of the token distribution. Which I wish we we and the foundation specifically would talk more about. Um, because how are we going to know if the token is decentralized if we don't even know where it started in the first place? Mm -hmm. um, I'm really calling out, if there's any really good data, data scientists out there, I hope that they will do a meta-analysis of all the wallets and figure out if the people who had a, a large supply initially um, will be able to d disseminate that amongst the retail investors that buy throughout, and we will be able to have a decentralized uh, token. But it's a really bad start, and... One of the issues, the biggest issues with the network nervous system is it, it benefits the people from inflation that lock. And the goal is to have about 90% of the tokens that are in circulation locked in a, the governance mechanism that feeds you back APY based on the inflation of the tokens, which means the only thing that you're left to decentralize with is that 10% that could be traded on open markets. Mm -hmm. So the real unfortunate truth as far as I understand it. And again, I hope a data scientist could come out and figure out where we are now. But since the foundation didn't answer, it's like, um, I don't know if we could ever make it decentralized at this point because the big holders that are locked just continue to get a larger share of the network from the returns and, and very few are left um, to distribute to those who aren't already in. Uh, so my end, this comes back to me being a... Yeah. That, that, was, that was actually an issue I have too because people who are locked for four plus, you know, one to eight years, whatever, they're earning between 12 to 18, 20% or something per year. So I feel like it's getting even more centralized just because of the fact that the little guy can really no longer even kind of make a stake in there, yeah. which is a bit of an issue. And you know a bit about the yeah. unlock periods. Like that's, that's what's going to matter. So how do people get unlocked and what should investors be thinking about like... Oh, well, yeah, well, well, you, well, you can, the seed investors who own 24% are going to be getting unlocked, unlocked over the next four to eight months. So you're looking at around 0.5% of the total supply is going to be, uh, and that's not including like all the interest and other stuff accrued, but you're looking around 0.5% of the supply is going to be, you know, hitting the market uh, every month. So that's, you know, it's a, it's a substantial amount of potential sell pressure. I'm not saying that everybody's going to be selling of, of the, of the seed investors, 
But, uh, you know, you could see this, you know, bit of sell pressure for the next 48 months until they all get unlocked. Yeah. So it's something to think about. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. what it, it's like a half a percent of the half supply. a percent. So uh, it's four, per, yeah, so per, it's four, so one percent is 4.6 million tokens. So you're looking around two million ICPs of sell pressure just based on the seed, um, yeah, potential. Seed that's that's yeah. a rough pill to swallow. And I think that when the topic comes back to decentralization, the answer will lie in, in what those people do. And again, I don't know how to figure out the answer. I hope a data scientist could figure out if the people who sold um, are the same ones that buy up later at a cheaper price um but if these you know if these seed investors are actually selling each time even though our sh short-term holders might not want that to happen yeah. that will be the answer of whether or not it decentralizes if the same people who hold a lot are you know you know they sell it high and buy back more or just hold it in general uh then mm -hmm. there's not much opportunity to decentralize at this point i remember i had a chat with uh yulin lu uh who's the economist at uh at Definity. i was chatting with him on twitter uh, publicly and I was and basically he and he actually wrote a medium article where he actually believes that you should just unlock everybody right off the bat and let the market figure out the fair value of this asset and he actually said unlock everything it was counter to what actually ended up happening where things were locked um, I commented to him around five six months ago about what his thoughts were and he says hey you know you know uh, you know basically this is just where you know where the situation is now now the thing is, now that the price is at a very high level, maybe you're going to be pushing whales out saying, hey, let me just take all my profits. So that's another way of thinking about it is maybe thinking because the price is so high, people are now incentivized to really sell out of their tokens, further increasing decentralization of the network. So it's two folds of thought. Personally, yeah. I'm an advocate for having everything unlocked, let the market decide. Uh, but this is like the different approach that I decided to take. Yeah, it's a, it's again a really complicated issue. Yeah. Like the the uh, the seed round was well, it was like hundreds of initial investors. Yeah, and they were they were people who were well acquainted with the blockchain space. And there's 500 of them, and they're the you know earliest people who understand the internet computer more than anyone. So would you rather have you know 500 um, OGs making the decisions, or would you rather have ever like all the thousands of retail investors trying to coordinate decisions? Mm -hmm. And that might be another like really tough question to answer for the designers of the network yeah. nervous system. And you know, none of these things are, are simple, but yeah. the answer I, I take away and maybe like the grander solution that I hope we could think about together as a entire crypto community is that, well, I'm personally no longer, an, or I never was but really, but I'm not an internet computer maximalist. I think it's even good thing that we can have five separate, uh, maybe big winners in the web three space. And, if you can't decentralize perfectly from within, which it seems like you can't, you know, it's like unless you're Bitcoin, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, then you de decentralize with, within an ecosystem of a bunch of winners, and that's usually what happens in, in tech anyway. So um, it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah. If, if, like the really heavy technical solutions still need to be on the internet computer, and we'll see an interoperable ecosystem in five years. Yeah. We'll, you know, blockchain interoperability will be at a crazy place by then. And maybe it'll look a little bit more like something of, yeah. a, you know, a lot of different I, technologies. I, I, I agree with that. With, there's going to be a lot of different technologies. I even, I think we, we just wrote an article about some of the low-hanging fruit for the ISP to hit, especially like decentralized front ends. One of the issues that we're seeing with Ethereum is there's such reliance on AWS, these other cloud services, you know, for their, you know, for their nodes, even all the front ends that you interact with on Uniswap and the other ones. Yeah, they have like replications on um what's that ipfs and other stuff but 
uh, d- that's a really great potential use case uh, for you want, you want to chat about no yeah, it is the front ends of that's all you that, yeah. that's that's an amazing thing it's yeah. totally unique to the internet computer for right now like maybe poking up will be able to do it a little bit later maybe Cardano like years later they'll be able to do it but right now if you want to get away from the cloud um, yeah you yeah, can do it right now um, yeah <laughs> you have one yeah. choice and that's a really great way to kind of see these networks kind of growing together so maybe you have ethereum as the ultimate you know uh you know ultimate decentralized DeFi product but then you have these web apps being built on Definity, you know decentralized front ends you know uh, being able to run an ethereum node on Definity. um and we're also and one of the also things i'm really excited about is this integration with bitcoin on the internet computer so uh, with chain with chain key technology, which we're going to be getting more information on in the next uh, like month or so, or right, they're planning on doing the full integration of uh, like Bitcoin on. Who knows with them? Yeah, but we'll it's, see, it's yeah. happening. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Well, hopefully in the next month or so, we could potentially see actual Bitcoin being able to be used in DeFi on the internet computer. No wrapped alternatives. No simply, hubs. No hubs. Simply, yeah. Such an elegant yeah. and, I and think, new inter- interoperability solution. Yeah. Like That's another exciting thing. Yeah. And, it, and I think it really aligns with the ethos of a Bitcoin holder, you know, because uh, like even myself, you know, I, if, if I'm going to have a Bitcoin, I'd rather keep my Bitcoin on the Bitcoin blockchain where I don't, I don't want to have a wrapped alternative on it. It's just my own personal thing. And I think that aligns with, you know, in the event of uh, something ca- catastrophic happening to Ethereum, I wouldn't want to have a wrapped asset that's, you know, custodial by somebody else. At least now I can have a non-wrapped, I have my custody of a BTC. I would then maybe consider using it on DeFi if, you know, if I can, if there's some potential Yeah, there. That, that was the dream for DeFi. Yeah, that's uh, the dream, right? So if you can start adding smart contracts to Bitcoin, you know, it's playing nice. You can add, you know, decentralized front ends for Ethereum, you know, potentially running Ethereum nodes on Definity. Better alternative than running on the, on, you know, on big tech. So, uh, yeah, I think we're actually maybe starting to see this kind of all coming together between <laughs> the digital gold, the, the, uh, the different narratives of, you know, Ethereum with, you know, the DeFi and, you know, Definity being this, you know, web speed blockchain. So yeah, yeah. pretty exciting. I, th- I think we'll be getting back into these podcasts now. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> we didn't even talk about it yet, but what, I yeah. don't know. What do you think? We'll, uh, we'll be doing lots of podcasts. Now. Oh yeah. All, all internet yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. There's a lot of questions about uh, chain key. There's so many new things, like especially governance that we touched on today. Um, still really want to be involved in the ecosystem. We're doing, you know, we're all doing things now. Yeah, we're involved actively in the ecosystem as well. Uh, we're helping a couple of different projects. We actually, we're helping launch a, uh, <laughs> a, a gentleman named Ludo, very famous artist. Uh, he was, wants to do an NFT collection on the computer. It's called BTC Flower. Uh, we're also helping Max from Infinity Swap with uh, like media articles and press stuff, uh, general... Um, you know, yeah, yeah, respect. staying involved and helping where we yeah, can yeah, in the ecosystem. Yeah. And we, yeah, we love, yeah, we love it. Honestly, at the end of the day, you know, what's being built is, is absolutely incredible. Actually, I recommend you guys go to DefinityDapps.co. Just kind of take a look at like the there's like a hundred plus different DApps that are being built. Yeah, uh, that's that's the hub to find everything that's yeah. all the apps that are on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see where the path forward is for uh, Definity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll play it by ear and, and, and keep you updated on like some of the un- unanswered questions and all, of, you know, it's just going to take time to, to see, you know, wh- whether we move in toward, towards a really positive decentralized um, utopian sort of internet computer or not. And we'll keep you updated as we see the changes come along. For sure. Very good. Well, we're happy to be back. Yep. And thanks guys. <laughs> take we'll have care. more episodes thanks, coming. Thanks take for watching. Bye. <laughs>